to Gapology Radio with your hosts, Mark Tinas and Brian Brockhoff. This is your leadership development podcast where they share unique insights with the purpose of helping leaders achieve their greatest potential. You can learn more by reading their books, Gapology, Imbar, and Speed of Purpose, or by participating in one of their workshops. All of this and more can be found on their website, gapology.org. Hey everybody, welcome to Gapology Radio. We have a super exciting show tonight. Um, a special guest is joining me on the, sh- on the show. Um, it is Kim Rooney is here, who is one of my greatest friends. And she's great in so many ways. Uh, she's genuine, caring, and super insightful in many ways, which I'm sure everyone will learn as we start to go through the show. Um, and some may even recognize her name from the cover of our book, Gapology, as she is the primary endorser. Uh, I've known Kim for years. We actually met in high school where we ran track together, actually. Uh, And if anyone would meet me, they'd be surprised I ever ran track, but (laughs) I did. And uh, then now, after many years traveling on our own journeys in our life, we got together again as she was putting her book together, and we've been close friends really ever since. And she was even gracious enough uh, to host my wife and I on a fun tour of the many beaches in San Diego when she was living there. And now she's actually visiting us for the weekend here in Kansas City. And we are sitting here recording live in my home studio office. Uh, this is the first time for this format, so hopefully this, this works. So anyway, this is, uh, this is a long time coming. We've wanted to get Kim on the podcast really since almost the beginning. Uh, but now I have her trapped here in our house, so she can't escape. So for the next 30 to 40 minutes or so, uh, we'll have the pleasure of having Kim in our in our uh, office here. So welcome, Kim. Thank you. So happy to be here. Yeah, this is exciting. So uh, Kim has written her own book called Spiritual 2x4s and Other Wake-Up Calls, What to Do When Life Hits You Upside the Head, which is probably the greatest title of a book of all time. Thank you. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and um, it's it's a fantastic book. I know everyone out there would love it. They get a lot out of it. It's available right now on Amazon.com. So you guys head over there and check that out. Um, plus, she's begun a new adventure, creating an amazing line of skincare for your eyes, face, and body that's called Evie, uh, which is soon to be available on her website, evieskincare.com. So a uh, why don't we start off talking about uh, spiritual two-by-fours? You want to give us a little info on that? Oh, perfect. Yeah. I, re- I wrote spiritual two-by-fours as like my gift to anybody, which is most everybody, who deals with life challenges. I mean, the challenge can be physical. It can be health. It can be the loss of somebody, uh, loss of a job. I mean, really anything that trips us up and gets us out of our groove, out of our purpose, out of our joy. Um, And I formatted it to be super easy, where you don't have to read it cover to end. You can really go zone in on what is your challenge at the moment. I mean, you might be able to read it from cover to end and then just go pick at it. And it, it's not rocket science, but it's really what I learned through my own, my own, well, two by fours, and wake-up calls. Um, and I could go through the difference. Like a wake-up call happens to all of us. A wake-up call can be like those little nudges that something is off. 
is it time to switch my job? You know, maybe I'm having a little bit of a financial crisis, you know, check that. Two by fours are when life says, you're not listening to me and you really get hit and something unfortunately goes pretty wrong that it it disrupts life. For me, it was a a health crisis that really changed my whole world. Um, I was getting many wake-up calls along the way um, and just wasn't listening. So finally, the universe, spirit, me, whatever, the treat on the street, whatever you want to call it, (laughs) um, really wanted to get my attention. and, And it did. And I went on a journey of learning and this was at this moment when I wrote this book was really what was pushing me along to, 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 to get to the end goal of what I wanted. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I'll tell you, um, you know, for our listeners, anybody going through any sort of crisis like that, any sort of situation, and it can be small or it could be large, but in her book, she's got some really great techniques to, to really get through this stuff. And and when we were putting Gapology together, uh, you know, we started looking at similar kinds of things, right? So, so we have gaps in our leadership performance, gaps in our life. And a lot of this stuff really resonated with, with me um, that Kim was uh, saying as well. And I think a lot of, there's a lot of connection here. Um, and I think our, our topic today, um, I thought we could really focus on the idea of, you know, how do you handle those spiritual two-by-fours that we all face in our lives, especially as leaders of people, right? Um, But also leaders within our own lives. I think Gapology does transcend industry, but it also blends into our personal life as well. Um, In fact, Mark and I have talked many times about creating a Gapology for parents and Gapology for the church and, you know, lots of other things because the essence of Gapology really does blend into all elements of our life. So I think that, that of course, you know, this d- definitely fits nicely into what we're doing here at Capology. Performance gaps are essentially those two-by-fours, and the identification of those can be some of those wake-up calls, don't you think? Absolutely, yeah. The, the wake-up calls are part of what is off, whether it's business or, or our personal lives. You know, it's that nudge to say something isn't working correctly. Yeah. And then when, you know, like the gap totally falls apart in business, it takes that wake up call to, to get it back on track. And the same mm-hmm. thing goes with our lives for sure. Yeah. Yeah. You, you know, we, we all go through those ups and downs in our career. It doesn't matter what level you're at. It doesn't really matter what industry you're in. We're always going to go through ups and downs, but it's how do we deal with that? How do we identify what that root cause is and how do we fix it? And Gapology gives a, a, a nice formula for doing that. Um, but, you know, in your book, uh, you know, you lay out some really powerful things that we can do as well. Yeah. And, you know, when I was looking um, at both of them and, you know, seeing for our discussion today, I noticed a lot of similarities. Your book, The Ga- Gapology, is written in like, you know, three sections, Uh knowledge gap, importance gap, action gap. And I laid out my book in three sections as well. <laughs> it's like, you know, the the doing first and then the feeling and then the action. So the doing would be the knowledge, like really what can I do to learn about myself, about my physical being, the connection between, you know, my emotions and my mind and my physical being. And then, you know, that that middle 
piece is a communication with myself, a prioritizing what's important to me, that emotional piece. And then the gap, you know, the action gap, doing things to move us forward. So yeah, the books are really (laughs) similar and, you know, for different aspects of our lives. And you're right, both of them can actually work interchangeably for business and or personal. We need, we need whole human beings to do gapology and business too. Yeah. Yeah. You know, these are really universal truths. So, mm-hmm. so when you look at any element of your life, you're taking a real person and putting it into that situation. So if it's a business situation, that's a real person who has these feelings, these emotions, this identity and, um, you know, just their, their viewpoint of the world. Um, and, and then you take it out of the workplace and you put it into a personal life and, you know, whatever journey you're on in your life, um, these are really those fundamental truths that really, you know, apply. Yeah, 100%. 100%. And we, as much as we like to think that our personal lives and our business lives are separate, mm-hmm. we're human beings. You can't completely separate them. We are emotional, logical, you know, beings and they have to go together. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. It's, it, they're all interconnected. And if one is struggling, it's going to affect the other one, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, um, so true. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, at, you know, as a former, you know, leader of, of teams, large teams, um, you could see that. So you have an employee come in and you could tell right away that they have something going on in their personal life. And it doesn't matter if you say, you know, you need to leave your personal stuff at the door. That doesn't work because it's still going to be there. They can maybe set it aside, you know, for for moments at a time, but it's still there. And I think as leaders, we need to identify that stuff so we can help lead them through those situations. Absolutely. I know when I was working as a sales manager, I mean, I, well, let's back up for a second. The first time I saw Gapology and read it, I was like, where was this? Like I had quote unquote (laughs) retired by the time this had happened. I was like, oh my God. Gosh, I personally would have been such a better leader and what I could have done with it was amazing. And yes, that is so true about, um, because I always said as sales manager, I was like a therapist. You know, the reps would come and do all that stuff. So to be able to help them in that sense of, of what they were going through in life, you know, not too deeply, but, you know, to that to be able to get them to be better salespeople would have just, I mean, so amazing. Oh, yeah, yeah. I, I guarantee all of our listeners out there are nodding their heads right now. <laughs> so yes, true. I'm a therapist every day. <laughs> Absolutely. I think we all have gone through that for sure. Um, and if it's not a therapist for other people, it's a therapist for ourselves, right? Oh, uh, every day, every <laughs> moment of every day, 100%. Yeah. Even though we tend to, to want to push that away, the reality of it is that's like one of the most important things we can do for ourselves yeah. and others around us for that right. fact. Right. And I think it takes a certain amount of courage to to do that, both to look inside at yourself, provide your own kind of self-coaching. Um, but, you know, if you can, if you have the strength to, to reach out and ask other people for some of their guidance, even if it's just an opinion on things, um, oftentimes we, you know, kind of let pride get in the way and we just say, I'll figure it out on my own. But if you can do that, um, you know, and picking up resources like your book, um, but also having those conversations with real people out there who are kind of a third parties um, who can look into the situation and help provide some sort of advice. I think that always helps. 
And the reality is, is those that we work with closely, which is obviously our teams on many sense, depending on logistics, is, you know, we spend a ton of time with those people that we work with and we get close to them. I know with me, you know, I was traveling with them, you know, spending days in cars, like it just is what it is. So to not be afraid to have that, that piece where we do connect even though it is quote unquote business and we're supposed to mm-hmm. separate it. Like it's so important for the gaps to work. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's, it's interesting years ago when I was a, I was a store manager in a retail store and I had this uh, one gal that worked uh, for me. She was one of my assistant managers. And I think in life we always have those people who they, you know, we've established some sort of level of trust mm-hmm. where we can go to them, ask them for their opinions on things and, and she was one who I think initiated that for me. And I still think about her a lot that, you know, she was one who wasn't afraid to walk up and say, hey, you know what, uh, this isn't working. You know, hey, uh, you know, this person read your communication wrong um, or not how you intended it to, to be. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, this person needs a little bit more one-on-one time for me or whatever it is, whatever right. the feedback was. Um, and I really appreciated her. She was somebody that was... Um, really a trusted advisor on my team. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's cool if you can have that. Yeah, really you know. to cross into that sort of emotional piece because yeah. those things that she said to you could have truly ignited something emotional, you mm. know, and she was right there to be able to have that conversation. Right, right. That's so cool. Yeah, so so when you were saying, you know, you're traveling with people a lot and you're, mm-hmm. you know, on the road and all that, you start to build some of that, don't you? Um, they were some of my best friends. And, you know, we, you, I, there was a lot of trust, a lot of sharing, and it made me a better person, you know. Uh, many of the reps that I worked with on the road, you know, eventually it was like, well, come stay with me. And you just created that, yet I could still say no to them. Mm-hmm. And they could still tell me when I was off base too. And that's that's really the dynamic that we can create. And I think that Gapology lays that out because you're talking about, you know, some some important things in life, especially when you get into the importance gap with expectations and communications yeah. and prioritizing. You know, we're dealing with other humans and their emotions and it becomes so important. And yeah, mm-hmm. yes. Like I said, when I was working, it's interesting, though, how you do that. But when you walk away from the situation, they don't always remain your friends. But yet, you know, they're just a season in life. Oh, I find it fascinating. Oh, I love that. A season in life. I, I always think about that, that um, I kind of look at our, live in, our lives in general as kind of like one long play. And we've got different acts throughout the play. And sometimes people come into that act and they play a role or whatever, and then you move on to another act and you might not ever talk to them again. But they played an important part mm-hmm. of your overall journey. Um, and I just, I always kind of look at that. So I, I really like the seasons. I love that. That's cool. Yeah. And just allow that to happen. Mm-hmm. But you can still trust in the moment. Mm-hmm. And even if they're not going to be there for the, for, you know, the remainder of life, still important, like you said. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Cool. Well, let's uh, let's talk about your book a little bit here. Um, in your book, you lay out eleven gifts. Okay. So for our listeners out there, there's eleven gifts that she talks about, and uh, I'll I'll just read them. Is, is that are you okay with that? Yeah. Go so ahead. so courage, self awareness, self love, healthy body, forgiveness, gratitude, compassion, meditation, 
play, manifesting, and vulner- vulnerability. I can't say that word. <laughs> it's a hard one. <laughs> yeah. Um, so with these different 11 gifts, can you share a little bit um, about those here, can, kind of connect the dots with everything and how people could apply those to handle you know, their different two-by-fours, wake-up calls? Oh, definitely. Um, when I was laying this book out, like, you know, I wanted, there were so many ways in which I wanted to write it, but yet get a message across. And finally, I came down to the fact that it's like, just don't mess with it. Like, these are the 11 things you want. Well, actually, it was 10 and vulnerability sort of came screaming in at the end because (laughs) there's nothing quite like the vulnerability of writing a book, especially when you're writing it about such emotional things. So that just sort of got put in there. Um, But yeah, all of these pieces, so like I talked about in the beginning, it's in three different sections. So the first part is all about us. The second part is about our emotions. And then the third part is taking these different actions and moving us towards um, closing the gaps, right? Which would be like moving us towards our joy and our peace inside. And a couple, I'm just going to touch on a couple of them. Courage. Well, we talked about that and you mentioned how... It takes so much courage to look inside, and it does. I remember when I was first going to leave my perfectly good job that I really liked, but my heart was telling me that there was something else to do. And um, one of my husband's uncles put his arm around me and said, this takes a lot of courage that you're doing, and I'm, you know, I, I'm very proud of you. And I thought to myself, I never thought about it that way. You know, courage to me was skydiving or you know scuba diving or anything that you know but to to actually do that and then I reflected on that a little bit more and realized how many people do not have the courage to open the doors of their of themselves to say I either created this piece that's not working or like there's an opportunity for change here and so it just and I think if I remember correctly, I haven't read my book in a long time, but <laughs> I mentioned in there that if if that isn't something that we're willing to do, the rest of this is pretty much a mute point, really, because this is all about our joy and our peace comes from us creating that within ourselves, and only we can do that. So that was a huge thing. And then it just comes by being aware, self-awareness, you know, through our, our lives. So I wrote this book in my late 40s. And we have all of these, like, um, touch points, right, that people, we, we pick up along the way of what people tell us about ourselves, and we start to create, if we're not completely self-aware, we lose ourselves, and we start to create this other persona, and then that can lead to some serious two-by-fours and wake-up calls, which is what my story was about. So, <laughs> yeah. that's amazing. Healthy body, you just want to feel good along the way. Just a respect for the body. I'm not teaching anybody in here what they should or shouldn't eat or should and shouldn't do. It's just really having an appreciation, a love, and a gratitude for our physical being and treating it with with that kind of love. Big ones. Big, big ones are gratitude. Gratitude is magic fairy dust. It really is. When we can find gratitude for what is right now, for the small mundane things, for the pillow that holds your head at night, um, for the roof over your head, for uh, you know the person that's in front of you. It doesn't need to be gratitude for the the, the big 
you know, grand gestures of life. It's just for the small things for right now, for the $10 in your bank account. You know, whatever it is, whatever level, you know, where we are personally, gratitude and true gratitude, not just saying thank you, but really feeling what it is. Compassion, oh my gosh. When we can have compassion for other people, we more easily can have compassion for ourselves. And when we have compassion for ourselves, we can more easily have compassion for others. And compassion literally neutralizes everything because it allows people to be who they are without having expectation of needing them to be something that they're not. And then the last two, really meditation. Whatever you think about meditation, it isn't about getting your brain to go quiet because most people say, I can't do that. No, our brains don't stop. Like they just don't. They're designed to constantly go. Meditation to me is about stopping, sitting down for 10 minutes, like seven minutes, just something, and having an awareness of what your brain is thinking about. Like see what it is. And then we know what we're working with because really everything that we're working with is what our mind is telling us that we're completely unaware of. So that's to me meditation and just taking 10 minutes to not think about your to-do list. (laughs) And then play. How did we lose play? How did we lose our childhood play? That's creativity. That's what life is. Like go be silly. Yep. Go jump on your bed. I don't know. Just <laughs> get a hula hoop out. Yeah. Just whatever it is that brings you joy, that's play. For me, that's being silly and doing the things I mentioned. But whatever that could be, reading a book, could be going for a walk, hugging a tree. I don't know. Just play. Right. Yeah, I love those. Um, so play is definitely a lost art. Um, absolutely. I think in, especially in the business world, I mean, you know, we're, we get so serious, I think, sometimes that even even if you work in a mortgage industry or a an accountant firm or some of these very serious uh, businesses, there's elements of play that you can create there. And it, yeah, it's not going to be silly, crazy stuff, but but just being genuine with people um, and just having a laugh, I think that just does so much for overall morale. Um, overall just connection with other people. I, th- I think that's one's really cool. I recently saw this at work at a dentist office. Uh-huh. I mean, who likes going to the dentist? It creates anxiety for many of us. And <laughs> I, I went in to the dentist office recently and in their lobby, all the walls were full of messages and drawings that people had done. And what it was is they were moving offices and the office that they were in was going to be completely destroyed. So they had put out pens and markers and just said, people, just go. While you're sitting here in the dentist op- ah. in the lobby waiting to go into the dentist, you know, tell us about, you know, your experience with us. Or whatever you want to put on the wall, put on the wall. Yeah. And it was full. Wow. And I thought to myself... <laughs> why just when you're moving like yeah. how cool would that be in a place of anxiety and like you're talking with like a financial place everything we do in life takes some form of creativity and creativity is created by release right being free right playing so yeah if it's a financial institution of some sort 
mm-hmm. the dentist office, an accounting <laughs> office, whatever it is, it still takes us to be the human being and we're designed to have fun. Yeah, yeah, we are. And I think, uh, yeah, well, in, in Gapology, you know, one of the root solutions is culture. So it's, you know, how do you create that culture? And when we think about engagement, so, you know, we've talked last few weeks on our podcast about engagement and how do you create that in your team? Um, because engagement is more than just being satisfied. You know, we mentioned that before. Um, it's not just employee satisfaction, but how do you create employee engagement? Just think of the role that play can really have there to create that culture where you get that, you know, people connected and communicating and, and just, you know, supporting each other, empathy. I mean, there's so many elements that, that play can really, um, I think, impact. It's the ultimate connection. Like mm-hmm. if you put two toddlers together into in a room, they become instantly working with each other on some level because they're playing. Yeah. You know, that and toddlers are simply just pure versions of ourselves. You know, we grow up, but our what makes us who we are doesn't age. So take that into the workplace <laughs> and figure out you know, some more of an adult version of it, whether it's like lunch or, you know, just sitting around playing a word game. I, you know, I don't know, like take a moment off. I worked for a toy company, so play was sort of built into my job yeah, yeah. constantly. So my, my, my joy being silly was easy, but it was still a real business that took something. But we had those moments where like somebody would just do something silly with a puppet or something in the middle of a meeting discussing, (laughs) you know, profit loss or something, you know, so we had it built in, but it made us see the issue differently. Right. Um, So for, you know, whatever business you're in, Mm -hmm. if you don't have toys readily at your, (laughs) on the wall right next to you at a conference (laughs) in a conference room. Yeah. Find that space. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, a lot of companies now, and I don't know if Google started this or, or whatever, but you know, they put in ping pong tables, they put in foosball tables, they have some of these kinds of things. Um, and I think the idea is good, but I also think that how do you build it into just your normal business life? Right. It doesn't have to be a major investment. It doesn't have to be a ping pong table or, or, you know, whatever. Um, it can just be, how do you treat people? Do you treat them where you really connect with them? Um, do you care about them? Do you listen to them? Um, you know, have fun, you know, ha- you know, joking and that kind of thing. Of course, in appropriate ways. But, um, but uh, you know, I think it needs to be an element, certainly. I think so. I was just looking, like, if you go back to importance gap and the, the word expectation falls in there. Mm-hmm. And I think expectation on many levels is joy killer. Because if you're, yes, we have expectations of how we need business to go and how our lives will go. I mean, that's important. But when we have expectations of an individual that is beyond what they're capable of or an expectation that they treat, you know, like, you know, in a way that goes beyond what is, okay, we expect people to be kind, right? But if we expect them to, if they're a creative person and we're expecting them to be able to do financial spreadsheets with ease and accuracy, we're expecting something that they, is going to take them out of their creative space, out of their joy. Mm -hmm. 
you know, we always just talk at the company I worked for about being well-rounded. Why, yes, it's good for us to be able to, as creative people, you know, the salespeople, the, you know, the, the marketing, for us to be able to run a spreadsheet, but to create one or to analyze numbers in a way that was not our, our expertise, like serious joy killer. It took play out of it. So that type of an expectation undoes what we're trying to do, yeah. basically. Yeah, I think, you know, understanding your team, yeah. Um, you know, identifying what is the the talent of your team. So in the knowledge gap, we talk about talent. So having the right person in the right role, I think, is critical. You have to know your team. And you can't ever really get there until you really start to open up your mind to what are their skills, what knowledge base do they have, um, what is their uh, interest level, uh, you know, for different things. And once you do that, then you can position them in the right role. And then once they're in the right role, you know, I, I think expectations as far as setting, um, you know, what do you want them to do and what do you want them to deliver, right? So, Amen, yes. So, so those two things, absolutely, we have to have that. But, but when it comes to setting somebody up for failure, um, a lot of that comes really down to knowing your team. And play is a great way to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, I want to talk a little bit about um, courage, though. So that one, it you know, and when I think of courage, I think of you and some of the things that you've done in your life. And it's incredibly courageous, some of these things that you've done for yourself um, and I think for other people. And, you know, being able to, to step out of a role that you really loved to focus on yourself and your own you know, health and wellness and, and those kinds of things. Incredibly courageous. But I think um, it starts with, number one, awareness of what you need to do and then owning that. That takes courage. And then communicating to others what that decision is, what those thoughts are. That takes incredible courage. And then actually doing it, you know, making that commitment, that takes incredible courage as well. You're going to make me cry, Brian. Oh, no. I have to talk. No, no, no. (laughs) Um, Yeah, you know, that goes back to what I was talking about with the story with the uncle is, I guess it took me a long time to see that those things were courage. I honestly looked at them as life or death. Like, Mm I, I needed to do them, and that was just that. Um now reflecting back on it and you know things that people have said to me and and really looking at what I did so I'm here at Brian's because I'm actually moving from San Diego back to Minneapolis and I've had some time to reflect while I've been road tripping <laughs> um and you know really looking back at this 5 year journey that I did in San Diego was a really a health a health a health journey for lack of a better term um And it really did, like, it took me to my knees a lot. And to keep going, that determination and that willingness is is courage. But the thing about courage is that if there is a goal we want, if there's a way of life that we want, if there's a feeling internally that we want, peace, joy, um, I think peace is a big one to, mm-hmm. to, to just be like 
cool, like the flow of the ocean with life, the waves in and out and just be able to flow with it. We need courage to say, I'm going to open these doors that are hard and it might ruffle my feathers and the feathers of some other people. Um, But that's why we're here. I don't know, not to get too deep and all spiritual Mm. on it, but it, it really is our purpose in life, our core purpose. And then all the other purpose that we find along the way as human beings is extra and amazing and just, you know, puts the exclamation point on it. But life takes courage, period. Absolutely. You know, in all of our books, we really talk about having, well, certainly purpose with speed of purpose. Um, with Imbar, we talk about identity you know, having a, a clear identity that, you know, delivers your mindset and um, and your behaviors, actions, and results, which is really IMBAR. Um, so those things really are connected to, the, to what you're talking about there as far as understanding what our purpose is, riding that wave, you know, the, the flow of the tide in and out. I love that. Um, and in Gapology, we, we have prioritization is one of the uh, root solutions. And I think that's where it really kind of fits, all this stuff kind of fits there. And it does take courage to identify what your priorities are, what your purpose is, what your identity is. It takes incredible courage to to see it, understand it, agree to it, and then take action based on yeah. it. I think that that's um, so important. And we're not talking about control. Right. Like that's like the absolute opposite, yeah. you know, because controlling is keeping us inside of the box that we're in. I mean, this is the courage to completely be okay with uncertainty and not needing to control who we are, Mm -hmm. how we come across, what our next step is, or 10 steps down the way. That's planning and goal setting. Um, Courage is is the opposite of control. It's like letting that go. The Mm -hmm. ocean comes in and goes out and there's flow and it doesn't control anything. And that's that is that big leap into courage is to say, I'm going to let go. Yeah. Yeah. You know, that's interesting thinking about the flow, you know, the tide coming in and out and, uh, or waves coming in and out. Um, you know, I, th- I, th- I think so often we try to control that and you can't, you know, in the literal sense, but also in the figurative sense as well. We try to control that stuff, but having the awareness of it allows you then to ride it with intent. Mm-hmm. You know, so yeah. I, I love that. Yeah, amen. That's very um, cool. And then there was one other one I wanted to mention. Um, so the gratitude, that one too really stu- stuck with me. And I'd like to expand a little bit on that too, because I think being grateful for different elements, whether it's a two by four or a wake up call or, <laughs> you know, how do you do that? How do you become grateful for those things? Yeah, I remember the first time I said out loud that I was grateful for, so my my biggest two by four is was a diagnosis of rheumatoid arthritis when I was 29 years old. Um, and when I, into my 40s, I as this journey had kind of moved along, the first time I uttered that I was grateful for the arthritis, people's heads spun. Yeah, yeah. What do you mean? And I said, it was part of my life. And my life is important and my life is valuable. And because arthritis was a part of that, I'm grateful for it. Arthritis 
took me out of a stagnant way of being. It took me out of people pleasing. It took me out of living my life, how others thought that my life should be. That was how I was raised on many levels. And it gave me the courage because nobody likes to live in pain constantly to, to explore, to look at life differently. And the reality of it is it, it pushed me into actually being me. Mm. And I had lost me in life. And I got wake-up calls along the way that was like, you're, you're doing this wrong, sister. So it took this to actually, so yeah, totally grateful for it. And I mean, that's a big gratitude. Um, but gratitude, like I just, I can't talk enough about, I could have written a whole book about gratitude because it really is magic. You know, we're taught to say thank you. Then it's almost like, how are you? You know, it comes right. without a lot of feeling behind it. It's just something that we're supposed to <laughs> say. Yeah. But when you find the place of gratitude inside, and it does take some work, it actually does take doing that sort of disconnected gratitude to really move it inside to where you feel almost that sense of love for what it is you're grateful for. Um, you know, like Louise Hay, who is an author of a ton of self-help books and really a leader in, in learning who you are, said every morning I thanked my bed and my pillow and my covers for letting my body recover and heal and rest. You know, and like, yeah. Yeah. Totally. Like, I love my pillow. Like it just, you know, you get into that <laughs> yeah. space. But what happens when you do that with little things is it moves you to be able right. to see the bigger picture, how all the little things make a big thing. Yeah. And then you just become great, grateful for life. Yeah. I think that's just so incredible. First time you told me about that, it just kind of blew my mind <laughs> that that you can be grateful for rheumatoid arthritis and, and it took a while for me to wrap my head around it, but but it really, even in the business world, once you identify the gaps, when it, once you see what are the things that are preventing you from being able to deliver on the expectations, um, then you can deal with it, right? Yeah. And so, so imagine as leaders where we can be grateful for maybe a miss in expectations because it provides to us then the awareness of it and the ability then to address it and tackle it and go after, you know, change, making the changes we need to do. Because then you're catching the expectation. Yeah. 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 yeah because if you had never identified that, you'd right. never be able to fix it. So, so just the, the, the problem itself helps us to grow if we're able to identify it and tackle it and uh, close those gaps. I think that's incredibly important. Yeah, and then you get to be grateful for the result that yeah, you wanted. Right. Right? Then you're like, oh, <laughs> this is the stuff that we throw a party for and that we're super grateful yeah. for. But it, but it does take it all along the way mm -hmm. to get that party, Yeah. you know, to get that 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 celebration mm -hmm. thing. And it it really, I just, I, I encourage everybody listening to, to, to have a gratitude practice because mm -hmm. it starts small in our personal lives and then take it into your business life and it will, 
this is super cliche, but I'm going to say it anyway. It will change your life. Yeah, yeah, totally. Yep. Um, okay, so I think, uh, you know, as, as people uh, start to think about some of these things, absolutely go and pick up her book. Um, some really awesome stuff in there. It's available on Amazon. Make sure you go do that. Um, and we've really been primarily talking about how your lessons fit together with Gapology. Um, we touched on Imbar and Speed of Purpose. In fact, actually, so for the listeners, you know, and you mentioned earlier, you know, it's been a while since you've read your own book. Uh-huh. Well, and, and, you know, as, as authors, I think that happens. You know, we, we get into the teachings of it and we don't always remember actual things that, that have been written. So it was funny before uh, uh, Kim and I started the podcast, um, we started talking about Imbar and I, I said, you know, a lot of this stuff that, that she talks about absolutely fits into speed of purpose and Imbar as well as, you know, the, the Gapology and with her endorsement on the front of the Gapology. And then she, she looked at the, at the cover of, of Imbar. She's like, did I write the foreword? <laughs> and I'm like, what? You? And we looked at it. It's like, she wrote the foreword to Imbar. I'm like, oh my God. So... Um, so we picked it up and we were kind of laughing about that and, and we we're looking for it. But this first paragraph is amazing. Let me, I'm just going to read it real quick. Okay. So, she, so Kim writes, many feel that skydiving is a great act of courage. Others think that swimming in the vast ocean requires one to be brave. Those who dare to do either activity are certainly adventure seekers, but neither act requires the fortitude it takes to look inside ourselves and identify the opportunities for transformation. Oh my God, that's like <laughs> that's that needs a Pulitzer or something. I, I think Aww, that that first uh, paragraph is just fantastic, and and uh, um, you know people should go go back to Imbar and read the forward to, to get all of her wisdom there. Uh, but I, I mean, we've talked about it at length, but it is true. It's mm-hmm. like really. Um, Brene Brown says, call on your courage. And I love how she says that because courage is a muscle. You know, we can have wimpy and, you know, (laughs) floppy muscles. But as soon as we start, you know, picking up some weights Mm -hmm. and we can pick up our courage muscle by really identifying what is stopping us from walking through that. And really, to go back to those 11 gifts, it's meditation. It's just taking five to 10 minutes to watch your brain. Yeah. What is your brain telling you? Yeah. And there is the courage because your brain has 50,000 thoughts a day. It just goes on whether you know it or not. Yep. And so when we can just take that gift and give it to ourselves and say, oh, that's why this is happening. Yeah. And I am not able to put that one foot on the path. Mm-hmm. Okay, let's look at that. Let's sort that out. Yeah. Let's do Imbar. Yeah. You know? Yeah, totally. The uh, something new that I just started to do. So each morning we kind of have our routine, right? We get up, we have our coffee. Um, my wife does her reading or whatever. And while I'm sitting there and I'm just scrolling through Pinterest just mindlessly, you know, looking for whatever at motorcycles or whatever. And uh, but what I've started to, to do is before I jump in and start to go to work, I'll, I'll close my iPad and I'll just sit there and I'll just think and, and just thinking and, you know, processing just not even anything in particular, but just thinking just anything in general. And what I found, it just, it gives me a whole different focus, right? And then I come upstairs and I start my, my, my day. But, um, 
But that focus time is important. I think a lot of times we forget that. With all the gadgets and inputs and all this digital input that we have, we forget to really do that. And I think meditation is a fantastic way to, to be able to do that. That is your meditation. It, that Meditation yeah. doesn't have to be one thing. But that time you give right. yourself in the morning to put your gadgets away and just allow your brain to go, yep. that's a form of meditation. Yeah, People do that when they walk or, you know, whatever, but that's seeing what your brain's mm-hmm. telling you for the day. It's really important, like, the, when you first open your eyes. Mm-hmm. Like, what are you, what's happening? Because when you recognize those thoughts, that is unbridled by human nature that's mm-hmm. just giving you, like, a gift in the morning instead of thinking instantaneously, what do I have to do today? Yep. Yeah, it puts you in the right mindset. You know, speaking of Inbar with mindset, I think it does clarify your, your mindset so that then that can impact your behavior for the day. And uh, oftentimes we're just so consumed by all this technology and just 24-7 information flowing into our brains that we never process things, mm-hmm. right? So dedicating that time to do that. So, um, Okay, so cool. So I think um, I think that brings us to the end of our conversation yeah, how's we, that good discussion. man we, we zipped through that for sure um, it's 47 minutes we've been doing this wow that's crazy yeah um so uh, i would like to encourage everyone to check out her b- book it's uh, spiritual two by fours and other wake-up calls it's available on amazon um and also if you're considering um uh, skincare products to revitalize and nurse your skin head over to evyskincare.com to order some of those my wife and a couple of her friends swear by it so make sure you do that actually uh, let me give you a little bit of time so how can people uh, contact you how can they find you maybe share a little bit about evie oh yeah evie is um well one of my passions uh, for the healthy body was just creating skincare where i knew what was in it and my friends started loving it so got encouraged to do it my real joy with that is going to be the lifestyle part of it you know what what can back up all that and it's everything that we've been talking about be a blog that type of stuff um evyskincare.com is live so you can go on the blog is not live yet but you can go see the skincare products they're they're natural they're organic they're all an oil base they're not i don't have creams as of yet i will one day yes and Soon I will have it live so that you can order. Um, it won't be but a little bit of time when I get to Minneapolis. Uh, and then, you know, stay tuned for the lifestyle part of it. I'm really, really excited to bring all of this together, spiritual two-by-fours and Evie, and, you know, bring my purpose out to helping people really be them best selves. Yeah, yeah. And it's and like we've been talking about, it's all connected, right? So. Yeah. You know, taking care of your, your body, your mind, your spirit, it's all it's all the same. It's all part of the same thing. So and uh congratulations on your courage and moving back to Minneapolis. I I know that's a, a huge um a journey and a lot of work to to do that. Um so best wishes on that. Thank you so much. Yeah. Thank you. And thank you for this opportunity to I mean, we sit and talk all the time and have these great conversations, but to, to share it with somebody else is with others, not just somebody, but other people is really fun and important. And right. Thank you for that yeah, opportunity. Yeah, thank you. And I appreciate you being on the show. And I, I know our listeners are going to really uh, get a lot out of this. So 
So thanks so much, Kim. Yeah, let's go play. Let's go play. <laughs> <laughs> All right, uh, that'll do it from here. For more information on Gapology, MBAR, or Speed of Purpose, head on over to our website, gapology.org. Everybody have a fantastic week. We'll talk to you soon. This has been a Gapology Institute production. Visit us at gapology.org.